Peeves was going to call me at his next uh, stop. And then um, I never heard from him again. James Anthony Sullivan, also known as Jim Sullivan, was an aspiring singer-songwriting guitarist who vanished suddenly in the state of New Mexico. In his early life, he grew up in San Diego, California, in the government housing projects. His interest in music began when he first started listening to local blues groups, and not long after, he had decided that playing music was what he wanted to pursue. After an unsuccessful attempt to fame with a local rock band called The Survivors, he and a friend decided to purchase a bar near to their college. Unfortunately, the bar continued to lose money, forcing to shut its doors. In 1968, he packed up his wife and son and moved to Los Angeles. His wife landed a job at Capitol Records, while Sullivan found gigs writing and performing in prestigious clubs in Los Angeles. He soon became a local celebrity at the Raft Club in Malibu, playing alongside and soon became friends with well-known artists such as Lee Majors, Lee Marvin, and other high-profile artists. With his track to fame, he began appearing as extras in movies such as Easy Rider and even performed in some TV shows. These friends eventually helped fund his album, which featured him playing alongside well-known LA musicians. The album, named UFO, was released in 1969. In 1972, he recorded a second album, named Jim Sullivan. In his music, he sang about flying saucers and aliens. Both albums were unsuccessful, and with this, Sullivan turned to alcohol while his marriage crumbled. On March 4, 1975, Sullivan left LA and drove towards Nashville all alone in his Volkswagen Beetle. In the early morning hours of March 5th, he was pulled over outside of Santa Rosa for swerving and was taken to the local police station, which he passed a sobriety test. He later checked into the La Mesa Motel, but police reports later included that his bed in his motel room was not slept in and the key to the motel was found inside the room. There was also evidence that he bought vodka at a store from a nearby town. Sullivan's Volkswagen was seen the following day, approximately 26 miles from the motel, near a remote ranch owned by the Gennetti family. When the police found his car, it was locked, but the engine was dead. Sullivan's wallet, guitar, clothes, tapes, cassettes, appointment book, and a box of his own albums was found inside, with the singer nowhere in sight. From then, James Anthony Sullivan was never seen again. His family traveled out to join the search parties and helped distribute missing person flyers, but Sullivan was never found. Robert Buster Ginter, Jim's manager, later stated that they've had conversations regarding what each would do if they had to disappear. He apparently told Buster, and he quotes, he'd walk into the desert and never come back. One thing that his friends and family noted was that if Sullivan decided to disappear willingly, he would have taken one thing, which was his guitar. But this item, which would have been priceless, James Anthony Sullivan, was left in his car. Brandon Victor Swanson 
19-year-old Brandon Victor Swanson, born and raised in southwestern Minnesota, had recently graduated from Marshall High School in 2007. After high school, he enrolled at Minnesota West Community and Technical College located in Canby, a small town with a population of around a thousand residents. He had recently made proper arrangements to transfer to Iowa Western Community College beginning August 2008. He wanted to follow his passion in science. It was the last day of class in his current community college, May 13, 2008. As any regular teen would want to do, Brandon and his friends decided to celebrate the final days of the semester. They went out and had a few drinks in nearby Lind. Between 10.30 p.m. and 11 p.m., he got in his car and drove to a different friend's house nearby the college in Canby to say his final goodbyes. His friends from the initial party who were later interviewed, reported that Brandon did not seem intoxicated nor disoriented. Witnesses at the Canby party mentioned that he seemed alright and took only one shot of whiskey. Brandon eventually left the Canby party after midnight to head back to Marshall. He took Highway 68, which was a straight shot from Canby to Marshall with an approximate 30-minute driving time. At 1.15 a.m. on his way home, he accidentally drove into a ditch on a gravel road. Unfortunately, his car was no longer operating. He called every friend he knew in an attempt to get help, but no one answered. Therefore, he called his parents, Brian and Annette Swanson, for help. It was already 1.54 a.m. at this time, so his parents took his location down and went on to find him. Brandon's parents hurried to a nearby town near Lind which was fortunately a short commute south of Marshall, where they lived. And throughout the entire time frame, Brandon remained on the phone with his father. However, when his parents arrived at the location Brandon told them, his parents could not find him. His father even flashed his headlights multiple times to signal his presence, with no luck, no Brian, and no vehicle in sight. Brandon went to make the same attempt and went into his car flashing his lights multiple times, but to no avail. This is when Brandon abandoned the vehicle and decided to walk to the nearby town where one of his friends lived. He calmed his father by saying that he knew where he was going and that he saw the lights of the nearby town from where he was standing. During this time, he was still on the phone with his father. The conversation lasted a total of 47 minutes until suddenly, Brandon's father heard his son say, Oh, shit. Before the call suddenly ending at 2.10 a.m., Brian, Brandon's father, repeatedly called his son back with no luck. His parents frantically continued their search for Brandon, which led on for hours with zero results. At 6.30 a.m., his parents finally notified authorities, but the police told them to wait a while because this was normal for young males his age to vanish for a short period of time. The authorities did not search for him until 12.30 p.m. later that day. With the police informed, the search continued. They were able to locate his Chevy sedan using cell phone records, but what they found was that it was nowhere close to where Brandon directed his father. The vehicle was actually in a ditch near the city of Taunton, 20 miles away from the insisted location. Weirdly enough, there were no physical damage to the vehicle or any signs of bodily injury. Numerous search parties were formed, 
which included over 500 volunteers, aerial assistance by airplanes and helicopters. But Brandon, nor even slight clues, were found regarding his location. The police mentioned that they found no evidence of foul play, and there are theories that Brandon may have slipped and fallen into a nearby body of water with the possibility of drowning. The night he disappeared, the temperature was around 39 degrees. Therefore, Brandon may have succumbed to hypothermia. Brandon's law was enacted after this incident. It took effect two months later, on July 1st. This law will require law enforcement to take a missing person report without any delay after notification of someone missing under dangerous circumstances, no matter the person's age.